0: Come celebrate Lowe's first annual Spring Fest and give your lawn the look it deserves with five bags of premium mulch for $10 or three 19.3 ounce bonnie vegetables and herbs for $9. Spring Fest, a festival of fun and savings for your garden and total home in store or online. Lowe's home to any budget, home to any possibility. Offers valid through 421 while supplies last in store only. Selection varies by location. U.S. only excluding Alaska and Hawaii. This is the first edition of Two Up Front, a general soccer show mostly focused about MLS. I'm Baxter Colburn
2: alongside Simon Provan. Simon, how you doing today, sir? I am doing great. Very excited to get on our way here with Two Up Front. We
0: are. It's been a little. It's been a long time coming, but we finally got it figured out. It was a little, uh, a little this, little that, timing, schedules, all that other craziness. But we are finally here, and we are excited to be here. Uh, Simon and I, are good friends. Uh, we, you also. We work together. We've done all kinds of fun stuff. But at the end of the day, Simon, we are true Major League Soccer fans. Absolutely. Now I support the New England Revolution uh, over in the Eastern Conference. They were just a, a small step away from winning last season. Unfortunately, <laughs> kind of feel like the Buffalo Bills of MLS a little bit. Unfortunately, well, but.
2: The revolution have lost more MLS cups than the. That's Bills true. Thank Super you. Bills. Thank
0: you for that. I appreciate that. Way to start the show <laughs> off with a bang. Um, and you? Who do you support, Sam?
2: Uh, Portland Timbers fan. Okay. Traveled out there a few years ago. I have a friend who lives out there. Um, I got another buddy, and him and I were were trying to do an uh, MLS stadium every year. We kind of lost our momentum on that, but one of the stadiums we went to was. Uh, when it was Jeldwin Park still oh, was Providence over yep. in Portland. And, man, I just fell in love with the club. You have uh, to, the, yeah. You know, the club, obviously the Timbers Army, but also just what the club does in the community. So it's very easy for me to be a Timbers fan. Yeah, nothing wrong with that
0: at all. I know that uh, you and I are, as much as our passion is the same, we come from totally different backgrounds yeah. with soccer. You've been around since day one with Eric Winalda's goal. You remember seeing it, and for me... I'm pretty sure I was three when that goal was scored. <laughs> so I don't remember the goal, unfortunately. I've watched it numerous times on YouTube and other forms of social media,
2: but uh, two different perspectives. That's yeah, why we love yeah. talking about well, this. Well, you know, I was, I was born when the NASL, the original NASL, was um, starting its slow death. Oh, goodness. Uh, you know, the first World Cup I remember watching was the 1990 World Cup. I think I watched the 86 World Cup, but I don't remember it. Okay. Uh, but fair the 90, enough. you know, when, when Bob Gansler, who's a Milwaukee guy, uh, Jimmy Banks was on the team, who's also a Milwaukee guy. Of course, we're from Milwaukee, so yes, that's we why are. I throw that in there. Um, but, yeah, I remember remember the U.S. doing quite well against Italy, getting killed against Czechoslovakia, <laughs> and I think they played Austria, and I honestly, I don't remember much from that one. But yeah, I'm going to assume
0: was, they probably lost or didn't get through too far after
2: that point. Right, right. So, and, in other words, I'm the old man on the show. You are. Not too bad, though. You've got the <laughs> facial hair to prove it, too. If it's unfortunate
0: this is radio, but uh, we're very excited to be here, though. Uh, there's a few different ways that people can check us out, Simon. We are on Facebook. Uh, they can look find us at uh, Two Up Front. That's that's all it is. The number two because there's two, two of yes. us. Do You want to take a minute and explain the name because some people are probably going to hear Two Up Front and be like, "What exactly does that mean?" <laughs> Absolutely. You
2: can take that a few different ways, really. And that's the whole point. It should be taken a few different ways. Um, ways is what I'm trying to say. Well, we we took talk, we talked quite a while about what do we want to use for a name. We went through a bunch of different names and we ended up with this one because. It is a soccer term in that you sometimes use two up front in a four four two formation. But we also like the idea that we're not going to hold any punches. Just because we're big fans of MLS doesn't mean we're out there, uh, I guess, spreading the gospel of MLS, if it were. I mean, we want to see the league grow. As but, much as we'd like to, right, yeah, right. but at the same time. Our, our main thing is to call it like it is. So uh, some people may say, hey, you're being unfair. Well, we're just up front. And I guess maybe sometimes we will be two up front exactly yeah that's for me that's where the name comes from
0: exactly yeah no that was uh, a very big thing that we thought about a long time because when it comes to naming a show it's not something that you need to take lightly a lot of people are like oh we're just gonna call it this we're gonna call it that but you and i are we like to think about things a little bit more in depth than, than the next guy sometimes and when it comes to a soccer show we were able to dive in and Really uh, understand, you know, what why we chose our, our name. Uh, so remember, you can check us out on Facebook at Two Up Front. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer. Uh, you can follow Simon on Twitter at Simon Provan, and then you can follow myself, Baxter Colburn, at Baxter Colburn as well. Maybe we should, on spell, Twitter.
2: Maybe we should spell out our names. So Probably wouldn't hurt now. if you want to spell out yours. Sure, for us. Simon, as it always is, S I M O N Provan, P R O V A N. So at Simon Provan. And then for Baxter Colburn, it is B-A-X-T-E-R,
0: and then C-O-L-B-U-R-N, the Q and Z are silent. I'm kidding. Um, But I always love telling that to people, especially at legal offices, if I'm filling out documents and like, wait, what? I'm like, no, I'm kidding. That usually gets me in trouble. But anyway... Enough about all the intros, enough about all the other fun stuff. Well, we
2: do need one more thing. Do we? Yeah, we need to. Okay. We're not going to talk much about EPL or other leagues on this show, but we'll touch on it. We will, that's right. So we should throw out there that I am a Everton fan, and let me just say it's been a very painful season. I hope they just uh, stay focused on Europa League for myself. It's one of those deals where maybe it's a bit heretical, but they're doing terrible in the league. And let's face it, The highest they can probably finish is about 12th, so 12 to 16, it doesn't matter. So focus on Europa League. Make sure you stay up in the league, but go get that trophy in Europa.
0: As long as you don't get relegated, right? That's all you really care about at the end of the day. At this point, that's it. That's not a bad problem to have, though. I mean, not getting relegated, which is weird. And we can talk about EPL more in depth at another time. Um, My EPL roots uh, stem from my good friend Andy. He is from London, uh, and he is the reason I sort of kind of follow Arsenal. Um, all right. As growing up, I mean, you play FIFA as a kid and you choose Manchester United or Chelsea, all the big name teams. But my friend Andy came over. I first met him maybe five to seven years ago. And he's like, you should check out Arsenal. I'm like, I'd never heard of him. I'm like, OK, Thierry Henry. He was a thing, I think, back in the day. Uh, so yeah, that I, I follow them on and off. I will identify if asked, who do you support? I will say Arsenal. Um, but I'm also a fan of the underdogs. I love when the little guys go up and beat on Manchester city and all those other storybook seasons. But, uh, if I ever do get to, uh, England again, I did go once, didn't get a chance to go to a game, but I definitely want to check out, uh, the Emirates. I've heard it's a beautiful stadium and definitely want to get to a game.
2: And I was, I was in England, um, when I was 15, so I'm not even going to allow people to do the math (laughs) a while ago. I was able to go see Coventry City in Aston Villa at Villa Park. So that was when Coventry was, I believe it was the first year of the Premier League. Wow. Um, So Coventry was there. And the cool thing about it was Roy Wagerly, who was, uh, he could have been playing for South Africa or the U.S. He chose the U.S. So I actually did get to see a U.S. player play over there. Look at that. Back in the day. Back before in the early 90s. Tim Howard, all those guys migrated over there.
0: All right. Well, the first thing we want to talk about is a positive thing. As we, no, we, we're not going to be a negative tone on the show. We don't want to come <laughs> off as two guys that are just going to... Rail against everything. Exactly. We don't, it's not our style. We're not that kind of people. We are a little too upfront occasionally. Ha, see what I did there. But anyway, <laughs> um, the Champions League, not UEFA Champions League, the American version of yeah, that. Yeah,
2: CONCACAF Champions exactly. League. Exactly. Something that doesn't
0: get a lot of uh, press usually, but... The team that did the absolute worst in Major League Soccer uh, in 2014 is doing the best, which is a little strange, if you think about it, and kind of makes me question what happened last year. Well, but. you know,
2: I think part of that is, is the whole MLS works different, re, differently from other leagues in many respects, and one of those is they give more money to the teams who finish bottom of their conferences, bottom of the whole league. So that helps. That means they can actually get more players. Uh, But, man, that was pretty exciting for Montreal Impact. Yes, the Montreal Impact uh, winning on aggregate um, based off of away goal. Exactly, yep, 3-3 aggregate. They went down to Pachuca, not an easy place to play. No, definitely. And they're in preseason. But they were so smart. What they did is they went down there. Instead of doing all these tours for preseason or playing tournaments up here, they trained in Mexico for two weeks Wow! at altitude. So they were ready for that game. Uh, but it did start to show in the 60th minute or so in that game when Pachuca started to come back. And the game went from Montreal being up 2-2 to end up tying. Or I'm sorry. They were up 2-0, then end up tying 2-2. But those two away goals were so huge. Exactly. Because in Montreal they were losing 1-0 due to a penalty kick in the 80th minute. Looks like they're going to be out. Very disappointing, but then a fantastic pass in the uh, 95th minute, basically 10 seconds to go. Wonderful chest down. Uh, you've got the names of the players. Sorry, I'm a little bit behind here. <laughs> I just watched this I watched all the highlights. Um, anyways, uh yeah, uh Callum Morris Uh, Malice, just a fantastic pass from past midfield all the way near the box. And Porter chests it down beautifully, puts in the goal. And Montreal ends up going onto the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League.
0: Yeah, and it was the funny thing about the play, though, is that the pass itself isn't getting as much attention as it should. It was about a 60 yard pass in the air, perfectly placed onto the chest of, was it Porter you said that scored the goal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was a terrific individual effort from Porter as well to chest the ball down. Muscle off the defender and then finish right foot into the corner of the net. But that pass, though, 60 yards is impressive within itself. And I think, obviously, if that pass doesn't happen, that goal doesn't get scored. We're talking about Montreal being another team that disappointed
2: yet again. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, the usual media that centers around, you know, Montreal. And the highlights, uh, you know, like I said, I was watching. One of the great things was seeing th- over 38,000 people there cheering on the impact. Great atmosphere, and that's one of the knocks that the CONCACAF Champions League still gets is not many people end up showing up to these games. Now, Montreal, when they were still a uh, minor league team, actually did quite well, making it all the way into the quarterfinals. But uh, the first Canadian team to eliminate a Mexican team in the CONCACAF Champions League, and of course they're an MLS team, so anybody who's an MLS fan has got to get behind that.
0: Exactly. Regardless, whoever you support on a daily, weekly, yearly basis, the fact that Montreal, little Montreal as it were, I mean they you know they were the worst in the Eastern Conference last season and in MLS as a whole, but the fact that they were able to pull that exciting of a finish out of almost nowhere really speaks highly of them and maybe might be a team to keep an eye on going into next season. However, though, uh, tradition seemed to stay with a familiar team in the Eastern Conference, D.C. United, as they were knocked out mm. on aggregate, uh, similar to what occurred to them in the 2014 MLS
2: playoffs as yes. well. Yeah, so they they go down and down to Costa Rica, end up losing their first game 5-2. So what a mountain to climb now. They have to at least put in three goals yeah, they ended up losing last night 2-1, to and really even that score was not indicative of the actual game. It was basically a 1-1 draw. They got a PK there at the end. But you know Ben Olsen, head coach there, had said that him and his team have to learn from this. They can't keep going into their first legs putting up an egg or just doing terrible and then coming back and, and trying to play from behind from the get-go. Of the first whistle of the second leg.
0: Exactly. Yes, it might make for more exciting soccer if you're a fan because it gives you an opportunity to really watch nonstop soccer action. You know, because like, okay, our team needs to score goals, but it puts you in a bigger hole and makes you really suffer as you try to figure out exactly what needs to to get done. And it just it's way too much pressure to put on a team, especially three goals. One goal, I understand. You know, mm-hmm. you you go down a goal. You know, one zero or two one away. You know, on way goals, okay, that that happens. You know, it's but.
2: Three goals is a hard deficit to overcome. It's simply you got to set yourself up for success in the second leg. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, some people would say it would be better to have a three-game series like we do in American sports, and I I definitely see some merit in that. At the same time, it's nice to see traditional uh, football rules being applied to the North American game as well. Exactly,
0: yeah, and it's something that moving forward I'm sure that – We'll see more teams because traditionally MLS teams have not had that good of success when it comes to Champions League play. It would be nice to see them make a, a decent run. So now I feel like if you are an MLS fan, you have to get behind Montreal and you have to support them. Like I said, regardless of wherever your loyalties lie, even those you know Timbers and Revolution fans as you and I are, we have to get behind Montreal because their success in this tournament now – is huge for the league
2: absolutely you know when real salt lake made it to the 2011 final against yeah. monterey uh, it was great to see all these mls fans come out and, and support that team they almost had it would have been fantastic and for those of you who don't know what's on the line is a berth in the FIFA uh, club world cup which no mls team has ever made it to correct correct, correct. we've had a couple of mls teams win the old champions cup and the first year that they were supposed to have the FIFA Club World Cup, L.A. would have been there. Mm. But the, the European and South American confederations had a big problem with how the, the Club World Cup was going to be set up. So eventually what happened is they came to a compromise. Well, that year they shut it down. They weren't going to do it. They eventually came to a compromise a couple of years later in which the South American and European teams would start in the semifinals. So it gives them a clear path to the championship. But we've seen... Some European and uh, South American clubs get knocked out, but here we sit, Montreal now, you know, two series away from getting to that FIFA Club World Cup. Yeah, which would be amazing if they do if they do make it
0: that far. And complete honesty, I mean, if you asked me to name five Montreal players in a life or death situation, I probably couldn't. (laughs) Uh, Marco Devayo is the first name that comes to name. Uh, Is Troy Um, Perkins still on the team, right?
2: Uh Perkins? I'm not sure sh- this is terrible of us, See, isn't I, it? I'm not, I feel well, bad. hey, hey, it's preseason. We don't exactly. know exactly <laughs> we don't know exactly who's even on the rosters at this point in but time. Let me let me pick that up right there about this preseason, though. That obviously it's a big handicap to have the quarterfinals of the CONCACAF Champions League happen during the MLS preseason. MLS only has itself to blame for that because of the calendar that they use. At the same time, you can't blame for them for the calendar they use because You can't be playing all these games in January and February in the northern states. At the same time, what Montreal showed us is that does not have to be an excuse. You can still be effective in the CONCACAF Champions League if you prepare yourself properly, and that's exactly what the impact did.
0: Yep, and the player, like we said, we talked about Cameron Porter just a smidge, and he was the man that scored the game-winning goal He's younger than I am. I mean, not that I'm very old, but even I'm I'm 23. <laughs> so the fact that a 22 year old, he's six 175 pounds, he was able to to put the the weight of a uh a, what are they? A, Montreal is not a. Uh, I mean, it's a city, but they're, they're that's more a, like a French province. A, yeah, a province. Yeah, province. There we go. I'm like I, he put the province on his back, as it were, and pushed them through, and now they've got a a very good chance of making some MLS history and CONCACAF history as well.
2: Absolutely. I, I love Frank Klopas' quote. He's the head coach. He had said he told the boys, God never sleeps. There <laughs> you go. He told them to keep fighting and keep fighting. It's amazing that the two people who connected on that play were both subs. Yeah, you had
0: mentioned that talking before the show, that right. they were both subs. The, the guy that made the, the long pass uh, is from... Milwaukee. He he played at the University of Marquette. He was a Golden Eagle and
2: Marquette University. Marquette University. Yeah. You know, the only reason I correct you is my, my oldest brother Steve also played there for exactly. Four years. Yeah.
0: So I I can't necessarily say that uh, the man that made the pass is the best player in school history because you might you might <laughs> question me and rival me on that and say your brother, which is uh, you, you never know. You maybe they you, you never know exactly with how how each person makes an impact at a school, but. Uh, Simon, are you ready to do your Simon Says segment? I am, yes. All yes. right. Well, should, we, should
2: we do a quick explanation real yes, quick? Yes, please what this do. Is? So we're going to be doing two segments on the show maybe every week. One is called Simon Says. That's where I'm going to take up any issue that I want. And in the next part of our show you'll hear Baxter's bash, in which that'll be Baxter's opportunity to jump in and speak about anything he wants. We're gonna limit it to thirty to forty seconds each, so it's purely our time to say what we want. Is that a good enough that explanation? Is true. I think forty
0: seconds is about uh is a solid time, gives you plenty of time. There'll be if need be, there can be a small rebuttal at the end and then we uh usually go to a break after that. So with uh forty seconds on the clock, good sir,
2: on your mark. Get set, go. All right, so the cutter 2022 World Cup. This is completely different from anything else we've been talking about on the show so so far. Listen, we're, it's being talked about being moved to winter from summer. I think most people think of it as a joke that it's even being held there. You can include me in that. But this whole thing about getting upset that it's being moved to winter—it's a smokescreen. These stadiums are being built by slave labor. People not allowed to leave the country. They're not getting paid. That is what should be most upsetting about the Qatar World Cup. Not because of the temperature, but because people are literally dying. Thousands of people are dying building these stadiums. That's why it's got to Time's move. Up.
0: Wow, well done. It's almost like you practiced that at home in the mirror, I swear. Um, a quick thing, isn't it Qatar?
2: It, you know what? I've heard cater, I've heard Cutter. I've heard Qatar. Who knows? I'm, I'm going with Qatar because that's what ESPN Fair says. Fair enough. So. <laughs> they must be right, obviously.
0: Alright, well we're going to take a fast break. When we come back, we're going to chat about all the craziness happening in Major League Soccer with the uh, collective bargaining agreements. And also we're going to shed a little little light about the development of the USL. This is 2 Up Front. We will be back right after this short break. Don't go anywhere. up front I'm Baxter Colburn joined by Simon Provan we talked a lot about uh Champions League not the UEFA but the CONCACAF Champions League in our first segment probably the most airtime that the Montreal Impact have gotten on a show and uh, who knows how long Simon but uh it, it, never a bad time to talk about the impact uh, they're making leaps and bounds for people as they uh, for four major league soccer as a whole and uh it all kind of stems back, though, to the development leagues. You know, a lot of teams in Major League Soccer now are adopting USL teams. They used to be USL Pro teams. Now they are just USL, United Soccer League, The if you want to call it the second tier. Third tier. Third tier. Third the tier. third tier, which yes. is weird because... Uh, you these players are getting better shots at playing major league soccer than the guys in the second tier, which is the NASL. NASL, that's yes, right. I wanted yes. to I wanted to make sure before I said the wrong thing and be
2: like, no, that's not it. That's where the old man experience. I appreciate comes into that. Play. That's why we keep you on the show. <laughs> that's why we pay you the big bucks, Simon. But um, yeah, USL, twenty four teams, twenty four teams, and eight of which, if I if I counted that correctly, are owned by MLS teams. So a lot of them are using the name to for example, uh T2 is for Portland Timbers. We've got LA Galaxy Dose. I kind of like that whole I like that Hispanic but, uh, yeah. roll into there. Uh but uh, Vancouver Whitecaps FC2. But then you have teams like Real Salt Lake, they're going to call their USL team the Monarchs. Mm-hmm. So there's some I like there's that. some creativity.
0: I, yeah, the Monarchs adds a whole another uh whole another spin yeah. to it. Uh yeah. Toronto FC2 Uh, You've got the Vancouver Whitecaps, too. So it's very obvious that the Cascadia region of MLS is big into the USL uh, teams and development. Uh, We've seen certain guys get, you know, loaned, as it were, to the the USL team, and then they come back up and play later on in the season or vice versa, depending on
2: how how their development works going forward. And as as a guy who has watched this league since day one, watched it go from no type of academy whatsoever to having a very bad reserve league, I don't know if you know this, Baxter, but there are stories of in the old reserve league in which they'd only play about twelve games. You'd have the guys on the bench playing in these games before the main match, but a lot of times they couldn't field a whole team, so the trainers would come out and play. <laughs> they would wow. have they would have some media members come out and play once in a while. So it was
0: just a Sunday pickup league, basically. It's basically, what it was. Holy so cow. it's so
2: exciting to see the development. In the academies and and having these players loaned out to USL clubs, where they're they're not just getting games in, they're getting game experience. Exactly,
0: in. and that's the big thing, especially if you look at a guy like well, one name that comes to mind is uh, for LA Galaxy. Dois is Bradford Jamison the fourth. He's a young, seventeen-year-old striker that has really started to get some good experience. That he was signed by the Galaxy last year uh, out of their academy, a homegrown player, but mm-hmm. he's only seventeen. Uh, and now he's trying to get a lot of featured minutes with LA Galaxy DOS. And I think that could be a good beneficial thing. He might be the next, you know, Jiasi uh, who also spent the time exactly. in USL yep. exactly. Uh, LA
2: Galaxy Dose.
0: So it's really working out so far for the Galaxy and potentially the U.S. national team as well, depending on how Zardes' uh, development continues, not only this season, but he did get a small stint with
2: Jürgen Klinsmann and the, the Yanks. Uh, Absolutely, and, their... and I think we'll see a lot more of him as well. I thought he did quite well Yes, uh, I when, completely when we agree. saw him up there. Uh, another exciting thing is, again, you've got 24 teams in the USL, and they're going to be really focused on regional competition. So the reason I say that's exciting is, again, growing up, and we still see soccer teams fold like crazy. Not like crazy, but when I was growing up, teams would be here for a year, then they'd be gone. By having this many teams and being able to focus on regional play, they don't have to spend so much money on travel anymore. Exactly, which is a beautiful thing, because even with sports leagues in America, I mean,
0: America's not as big as China, whatever, you know, but... Even like the reason I think teams in England stay together so much is because England's not a very big thing. So if you, you take to travel, buses everywhere, exactly. Yeah. You travel from the South to the North. Well, that's whatever, a two or three hour bus ride. It's not the end of the world for in the U.S. You have to fly across time zones to play. You know, if the Revs are playing Portland, it's going to be a bit of a trip to go do
2: that because there's a lot more space. And it... think about Seattle going down to Orlando. Ooh, they are not going to like and that. And vice versa. That's the longest. That's or is it? What about season? Vancouver?
0: Isn't Vancouver? Oh, you're north? right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. Vancouver yes. Vancouver, Orlando. Yeah. I wonder if they did that. To them. We'll have to check that out or not this season, but I wonder if they, they were cruel well, to Vancouver and sent them down there this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, USL continuing to be a, a league that people are starting to take notice. It's also where potential expansion teams into Major League Soccer are getting talked about. Uh, obviously, the Sacramento Republic FC is a big name that continues to keep coming up. People thought that that would be the new team, not LAFC or even well, Atlanta. We kind of had a feeling Atlanta yep. was going to mm-hmm. be there, the Atlanta Silverbacks. That still will be an extension of it. They're gonna be not a USL team. They're they're either NASL or they're like a, a fourth tier well, team. Well, to now. be honest
2: with you, we'll see what happens with the Silverbacks. They're they're league owned right now. They're owners that were there backed out of the team after uh Atlanta MLS got approved. So we'll see what happens with the Silverbacks. Um now I do want to say off of based off of what you said earlier, you know, mistakenly thinking they were the second tier, yes. they are going to be applying for a Division two status. USL is? USL it is. It
0: makes sense, though, because there's way more ties to the, the third division for Major League Soccer than the
2: NASL. You hear
0: how many... I don't know if there's any NASL teams that really are linked to an MLS team. No, not at
2: this time. Mm-hmm. Although... Uh, we've had a couple of teams make the jump from NASL to MLS. I believe Montreal, if I remember correctly. I was think you're NASL. right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Along with that too, you almost look at a team like Minnesota United FC, who is also rumored to possibly be that last expansion team, Minneapolis, the Vikings, they're building their new glass atmospherics, whatever
2: they're kind of doing there. <laughs> uh, they're all glass stadium. Um, but you know, the Minnesota market, it's a great example of where soccer has come in this country. You mm-hmm. actually have two groups, two ownership groups yeah, they vying want for them. that. They want them the so, Twins and the Vikings, it's right? Absolutely. And they're not working together on that. Now, no. you can argue that they should, but it makes but, sense. But it's pretty amazing that in this day and age, we have two ownership groups in the same city. Fighting for that MLS team,
0: which is good to see, because I think it's a problem that the league never thought it would have. You Absolutely, know, it's to be like, oh wait, wait, you want a, you? Oh, okay, well, cool. You know, we can kind of maybe work this out or see who's willing to give us more money, because that's ideally what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. Uh, if there's one other team, Simon, that is looking to kind of make that jump, it's kind of a tie between either Louisville FC, Louisville City FC, and then that team down in St. Louis, St. Louis FC. St. Louis has been. I feel like as long as I've been following MLS, well, at least over the last two or three years, St. Louis has always been just poking, just a small little poke, just like, hey,
2: you know, we'd I, like a team down here. I don't think St. Louis will happen, though. And I don't think so either. Uh, but here's why is the uh, there was a gentleman named Jeff Cooper that was really pushing to get into MLS, and he started some minor league teams down there. They both folded. So people were pushing for him to get an MLS team, and that's definitely a case where the league knew more about him than any of us fans did. Uh, I really, I think it's Sacramento for sure, and I think Minneapolis is going to get Do you want there.
0: another team in California, though?
2: If they can get supported, California's a big state. Do I want another team in California as a fan? No. I think the Midwest needs more teams, personally. There's got to be that support. That's the key. Exactly.
0: And obviously, that's what it'll come down to. That's why you know the East
2: and West are just loaded with teams, because right. that's where all right. the support is. Those are the bigger cities. And but, then, then you, but then you look at Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. I and mean, look what the turnaround they did since they, they were the Wizards. Uh, the crew is doing some exciting so, yeah, things. The they Columbus just, crew. They, Chicago
0: they, Fire is slowly working their way back into that. Not as the same. They're not as dominant as they were even back in the mid-2000s to early-2000s. With guys like Brian McBride running around on the field for them. Even Chris Ralph back in the day. But... Yeah, Chicago is, I think, behind if you had to do with a three-team. Obviously, Sporting is that first team, then Columbus, then Chicago. And you
2: got a lot of Fire fans just upset with the ownership down there. Kind of an absentee owner, so I understand that as well. I I agree, we need more teams in the Midwest, but it still has to start with that support.
0: Yeah, I kind of laughed because there were rumors for a while that Detroit wanted a team. I'm like, Detroit has their own issues economically as a whole. They do not need to worry about trying to add... A professional soccer team. That's great and all that. Uh, to kind of bring the Midwest together makes me think of the NFC North. In football, you've got the Packers, Lions, uh, Bears, and Vikings. Like If you got four MLS teams in that general vicinity, I think it would certainly do the league some good. But at the same time, like you said, the followership, that's what really comes down to it. And that's why I don't think the Wisconsin's ever be, are going to get a professional soccer team for MLS. They've, well, got, they've got the Milwaukee Wave.
2: Yeah. But
0: that's indoor soccer.
2: Right. And
0: Not to take anything away from that. Sure,
2: sure. What I will say is I do think the support could be there for Milwaukee. Um, Not to make this all about Milwaukee right now, but the city council has made some incredibly mm, confusing moves, I will say. I'll say it kindly. Good choice of words. I was like, (laughs) where is he going to go? Very confusing moves. For example, let me just say, for those of you in Milwaukee – At one point in time, Peter Wilt wanted to get a stadium built where the Park East Freeway was shut down, and one of the city council members said, there will never be a professional soccer stadium on that piece of land over my dead body. Well, we're looking at 10 years later, nothing has been built on Mm. that parcel of land. Is that guy dead now? I was wondering, (laughs) I'm like,
0: is he actually alive or dead, or what happened with him there? But uh, yeah, I I remember writing an article, uh, I think about almost a year ago now, about if MLS were to bring a team to Wisconsin, where would it go? You can't build an independent. Well, there's partnerships that you can't ignore. You know, you, Milwaukee, the Brewers, you have to, or the Bucks. Obviously, you got to talk about with them. Madison, well, the Badgers, maybe a little bit. They're not the best soccer team for college, but Madison's the capital, and then Green Bay with the Packers. Now, those, I think, it would have to be between Green Bay and Milwaukee if you put a team anywhere. You can maybe start that rivalry with Chicago. Sure. Columbus is just down the road as well. But at the same time, it's Green Bay Packers first, the rest of, the, of whatever happens in the state second. Absolutely. And I don't yep. think any team could ever compete with that, even if they did partner with the Packers organization.
2: Yeah, I don't think you could compete with the Packers at all. I think uh, you kind of let that beast be the beast that it is. And let's be honest, that's a pretty awesome beast. Oh, it's an amazing beast. <laughs> no no,
0: no disrespect to the Packers at all. I mean, it's Like I said, though, it's hard to really know if Milwaukee or Wisconsin as a whole would ever be able to support fully. Oh, I'm Angelique Socrates. Maybe sure. down the line, uh, Don Garber wants to get us to 24 teams, and then after that, is that enough? Pro, re- do we do promotion relegation? Then I, there comes I, the I all don't. Yeah, yep, Right,
2: right. That could be. It. We could have a whole show on exactly, promotion relegation. Yeah. Um, now going back to USL, we do have a team that's been announced in Milwaukee. It's not USL. They actually haven't announced what league they will be in. They're hoping to be a team in which they play. Uh, in a professional league, though, it sounds like they might be playing in an amateur league. So there's there's a whole lot of questions marks there. But perhaps that's a team that eventually can be a USL team, and we see what happens from there. Exactly, yep. It'll definitely be interesting
0: to see what happens with the development of the league. Now, Simon, there almost wasn't a league this year. That's there was right. a potential strike, yes. the collective bargaining agreements. There was all these rumors that there's going to be a player strike. We aren't going to have a season for maybe two, three, four weeks And then last night, as I'm crawling into bed thinking, well, what the heck are we going to talk about on the show tomorrow because nothing is happening, then Twitter blows up. My phone goes crazy, and all of a sudden, the Players Union and Major League Soccer have reached an agreement, and I'd like to say all is well with the world. We're going to have a season, so yes, all is well with the world. Are Mm -hmm. the
2: players fully happy? Yes and no. But the deal as a whole, give us a little bit of insight about that, Simon. So obviously this one came down to the wire. The last one came down to five days before the season started. This one came down to the day before players were traveling. So it was really last minute. Players wanted full free agency, and I know you and I have different perspectives on this. And, again, this comes from me having been through the end of NASL, having seen the game at least be rebirthed here with the first division league and seeing the careful growth that that league had had. But even before that, seeing how the league almost went under after its first five years. Yeah. Right, so they got a little bit of movement on the free agency. Granted, it's not much. Apparently, it only affects about 13% of the players in the league. So you have to be 28 years old with eight years of service in the league in order to have free agency. Then with that, though, your raise as you go from one team to the next is going to be capped. And it's at certain increments. So we'll see anywhere from a 15% to 25% maximum raise that you can get as a uh, player moving from one team to the next in the free agency market. Now, the big thing is, though, the players did get a form of free agency. They did, which is
0: helpful, though. I it mean, is. It'll be something.
2: If you think about 20 years, 19 years ago, 20 years ago, Free agency wasn't even a thought. No, and you, know? that
0: would, you even look at it now, even, even the last 10 years. I mean, yes, there's been small talks here and there, but even since I've been following the league, free agency has still been kind of
2: a shh. We don't talk about it. Absolutely. At, at the same time, the minimum salary, I think this is what I'd be most happy about if I'm a player. The minimum salary went from $34,000 a year, which is a joke, let's be honest. It really is. To $60,000 a year.
0: Not awful. You know? Not awful. If,
2: if you were to be told that, hey, we're giving you a $16,000 raise today... I'd be pretty happy yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah,
0: I, I was gonna say I, I would have no problem with that as well. Even
2: granted me you
0: being in the professional working world, me coming out of college, hearing, hey, we're gonna pay you sixty thousand dollars a year instead of thirty, what was it, thirty four, thirty four? Yeah, I'd be like, Sure, sign me up, you know, not not a problem.
2: And you, you think about the big thing with that is that probably allows these players, every player in the league to let that be their full-time job. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing to me is that there were still players having to work second jobs. Mm-hmm. Even Not though they're a professional. lot, but something, right. though, to right. pay
0: bills. You, you have to. You know, right. you, I mean, obviously, soccer is a very demanding sport. So, yeah, you hear about guys – Working at local places in their community just to to make a little extra cash on the side, or even you know doing training with kids at high schools or mm-hmm. even colleges as well, because they had to earn that money to pay their bills because that 's great that you 're making thirty four thousand a year but if you 've got a wife if you 've got kids you 've got a house, the normal things of life you 've got to pay for them somehow, and unfortunately sometimes thirty four thousand a year is not enough to absolutely do
2: that. now let's let 's look at what the owners get out of this you know we see what the players get out uh, We will see An increase in the salary cap, reported figures are about 7% each year, which, let's be honest, Don Garber keeps talking about how he wants this to be the best league in the world by 2020. Well, you're looking at a salary cap in 2020 at about $4.2 million dollars. You can't afford to be the mm-hmm. best league in the world no. if your salary cap or salary budget is $4.2 million. To, to
0: put it into perspective, the NFL raised their salary cap this year to $148 million, just to put that into perspective. And I find it funny, too, because when I first heard that the that MLS players' base salary, like the minimum that you can make, is 60000 a year, I wouldn't have checked out the NFL. I think right now... The minimum you can earn is five hundred thousand a year. To be that fifth string kicker on the bench, basically, you'll never see the field, but you will make five hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're pushing it to make it a million dollars a year.
2: And now, of course, you know there are differences there. That's obviously that's yes. the the only truly professional league in the world to play American football. Yes, of right? course.
0: So that that does make sense, obviously. But I'm just saying, just for a bit of perspective sure, between absolutely. American football and then soccer, it's like whoa, it's like totally different spectrum.
2: Now, what's interesting is. It looked like the players had everything in their court. You know, we, 20th season, you got 60,000 fans coming to the Orange Bowl for the the NYCFC. You've got uh, a new TV contract. Um, it, was, it was always confusing to me, too, to hear Don Garber talking about how the league's losing $100 million a year when you've got all this new money coming in from a TV deal. You've got these clubs Sounds like paying poor a, money management, Don uh, Garber's <laughs> right, part, if anything. $100 million coming in from these new teams. And on top of that, you've got SUM, which is their uh, their marketing arm, that made tons of money off of selling uh, the World Cup rights. So some wouldn't be there if it wasn't for MLS. So to not include the income from some, I think is a bit disingenuous.
0: Yeah. And you look at Garber, and I don't want to make this go completely against Garber, but at the same time, as soon as I read his quote or one of his quotes after the deal was finalized, it kind of, it was like you said, they, he keeps emphasizing, this is our 20th year. This is our 20th year. We filled the the bowl, as it were, for NYCFC versus Orlando City. 60,000 fans And he keeps highlighting that and highlighting that and highlighting that. Like you see him, like his first part of his quote, it says, we are pleased to finalize the framework for a new collective bargaining agreement with our players. And then that's all he talks about with that. And then he's like, we now enter our 20th season with enormous momentum with our new television partners, like you mentioned, dynamic star players from the U.S., Canada, and abroad, and then talking about filling the bowl for NYCFC in Orlando. So, like, the the agreement with the players doesn't even really – get talked about much
2: and you can kind of see that's how little garber cared about it well I'll, I'll say two things first of all he's he's the face of the league so he's got to put a positive spin on anything
0: of course yeah
2: i heard a great quote in labor negotiations you know it's a good deal when both sides walk out upset <laughs> i think that's I, that, that I pretty will much keep sums that in it up. mind for the future if i Be- need that because again think about it here is that the players wanted free agency you're kidding yourself if they if you thought they could get full-blown free agency The owners had said free agency is a non-starter, that nothing will happen if you keep talking about free agency. Well, it's not so much what they got on the surface that counts, it's the deeper understanding. They got these owners to open up and give them some free agency. Another big thing, and this is a huge win for the players, the owners wanted this to be an eight-year CBA. You know, Think about where the league was eight years ago and where it is today. That would have been murder for the players. The players got them to make it another five-year agreement, which means this is the start of the new TV contract. Just over halfway through the, uh, this current TV contract, they're going to go through these negotiations again. So by that point, we'll have a real good feel of how the league is doing with its TV ratings, with how much money it's making off of games, off of sponsorships. So that gives the players yet another opportunity to break that free agency door even wider.
0: Yes. yep, It gives them, like you said, that opportunity to really break open that door. And I really hope that they do harness this event and can really look towards the future and say, you know what, we had a good talk back in 2015. We had some good stuff there. We laid some good groundwork. Like you said, we got the foot in the door. But now, now that we've gone through all of this, the TV contract, everything, it's time we really start taking a better look at this. And who knows if Garber's going to be around in five years. I'd assume he would be. I'm assuming he's going to kind of do this until either some
2: major scandal
0: erupts or he just says, you know what?
2: I need to, I'm done. And I'll tell you what, for those people who, who like to harp on Don Garber, and there's quite a few people, they weren't around in the early days with Doug Logan. Ooh, i almost, I don't even know who that he is he was the first commissioner of the league Wow, let me tell you that he was the biggest joke as a commissioner of a soccer league. Don Garber came in he made the hard decision to say we got we got to close down two clubs you know that was Miami and Tampa Bay mm. so we were down to ten teams. The league was down to ten teams. Look where the league is now and it it is as much as he says the league's losing a hundred million dollars It's in such a healthy state it, it really has, is it has surpassed where the NASL went to expansion. I think hopefully will slow down after 24 teams. Cause it needs to, we need that stability. Yeah. It's you not, can't just it's,
0: start throwing teams out left and well, right. Well,
2: and it's not fair to these teams to have to keep putting up these players for expansion drafts. How as a team, can you continue to build an identity if, You're just having to keep getting rid of players. Don
0: Garber is almost playing Oprah for a little bit, like, hey, you get an expansion team, and you get an expansion team. You all get expansion teams. Like, No, you have to cut it at some point, and that's why I think 24 teams is – a good a good uh, number to stop it at. Now, obviously, you can't keep expanding the playoffs right, at that point in right. time either, which is ridiculous even this season yes. that it's 12 out of the 20 teams are going to make the playoffs. Yes. But we'll get into that in our next segment uh, after the break and talk a little bit more about our conference previews and who our teams are that we think are going to make the playoffs. Uh, but, Simon, are you ready for me to, to do a little bashing?
2: Absolutely. Now,
0: I, I – I feel like the name of this being called Baxter's Bash is a little cruel, but I'm not going to hold any. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to be a little too upfront, as it were. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, so yeah, 40 seconds on the clock. Uh, let me know when I'm ready to roll. Here we go. All right. So for my Baxter's Bash, my first one, I want to talk about the lack of respect for the New England Revolution. I know that this is a very near and dear topic to me, but more importantly, I want to talk about Bobby Shuttleworth. Bobby Shuttleworth was a goalkeeper that came in last season behind brad knighton for the revolution now the revolution organization is very pro brad knighton because he has got more experience in mls but bobby shuttleworth came out he proved to the league and to the team that he's very capable he's physical he's vocal he's everything you want in a goalkeeper and he is one of the best goalkeepers going into this upcoming season if you need a player for a fantasy uh, manager draft him he's the real deal and he might even win goalkeeper of the year this year done there you, you go had, you had a second to i had a second i had a second to <laughs> breathe I, I went 39 seconds without breathing i feel like but bobby shuttleworth horribly underrated in my opinion the man needs more press. He needs positive press, and, ho- and last season was really kind of a coming out party for him and the Revolution, obviously. But uh, we'll see kind of what happens with him and everybody else going forward. What do you think about that new signing from last year, that uh, Jermaine Jones guy? He's an, uh, he's all right, <laughs> he, and we'll see what he we'll see. He might have a good future in, in the league. We'll see what happens to him. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break. This is Two Up Front. We'll be right back uh, with more. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to 2 Up Front, a MLS general soccer and all kinds of random shenanigans podcast uh, hosted by myself, Baxter Colburn, and Simon Provan. We spent a lot of time in the first two segments talking about uh, the CONCACAF Champions League and Montreal Impact really making a name for themselves uh, this preseason. In our second segment, we touched on USL development and the upcoming uh, season for them. They're at 24 teams now, Simon. And then we also talked about the. Uh, Major League Soccer CBAs and everything they've got going on with them. So a very productive show so far. Remember, you can check us out on Thursdays. Um, our pot, we don't have any, a set time exactly when we want to broadcast. We're hoping to do it sometime between 2 and 2.30. We'll kind of start the show and then kind of go for about an hour, hour and a half, depending on how that all goes. But uh, we want to take a time now to really dive into the East and West conferences here in Major League Soccer. And uh, offer our six teams that we feel like are going to make the playoffs this year. Obviously, this is a very early prediction, Simon. Yep. But at the same time, we both have our select teams that we want to. Hey, I've got an
2: idea. Please. Hey, since you're a Revolution fan, how yes. about you
0: focus on the East?
2: Oh, and, you know that's brilliant. Uh, I'll focus on the West. That's
0: brilliant because you're a Timbers fan. That's that I would have been interested to see if we flip flopped and done East West and see uh, where we would have thought each team would have finished. But. Um, so for the six, my six teams, I'll start at six and work my way up. Uh, in the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference, I like the New York Red Bulls making that sixth spot. Um, the reason behind that is that I think that the Red Bulls are a good team, but after losing Henri, after losing some of the players they have this offseason, uh, I think they'll make it into the playoffs, but they're going to kind of scrape in like they did last season. Uh, looking up to— but Can I stop you please, for a second? please. How do you think Bradley Wright Phillips is going to do without Henri there? I think one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to carry on his legacy and continue to be a dominant striker, or he's going to drop out of existence completely. There's going to be no middle ground for him. All right. He's either going to be potential MVP candidate again, or people are going to be like, where did he go? And I think I, I totally agree with you on that. It's he, amazing what having Henri on your team can do for you. Absolutely. And I, I would have killed to have been you know, BWP last year and be able to learn from a guy like Henri uh, for, I think it was two seasons. I think you have yeah. to learn from yeah. him for two yeah. seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the fifth spot, I think Toronto is finally going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to crack the top four. I think TFC is going to have to fight their way in. Uh, And finish in that fifth spot. Yes, they've got all that star power: Sebastian Giovinco, Josie Altidore. But uh, more than likely, Simon, they're going to start off the season super hot. That's how they started off last season. They were like everyone's like they're the Mm -hmm. team to beat. They are the best team in MLS. And then there was just a a huge drop off. Obviously, Julio Cesar leaving for the World Cup because he was only there for a half season loan. I think he only played eight games for TFC last year. And then they kind of fell apart from there.
2: Well, and you pretty much had revealed later that Bradley Michael Bradley was playing injured ever since the World Cup for the most part. But, man, what a mystery that club is. <laughs> it really is. That's the honest truth. That's a
0: great word for him, is a mystery. Um, an interesting team that I feel like might surprise a few people um, is that the Philadelphia Union might make a push next season.
2: The question is, are they
0: going to field all goalkeepers? That is the real question. <laughs> I think they've got enough that they could probably play like a 7v7 league and have all goalkeepers on their team. They keep signing goalies left and right. It's ridiculous. Um I've with the union though. I feel like they will f- jump in with that fourth spot uh, going forward. Um, Sebastian Latou, a very, a very mm-hmm. good player, a consistent player, a player um, that I never like playing against. I would kill to have him on the Revolution, just or even on my team, as it were, and as a whole, regardless of whoever it is. He's just a nuisance, and he's such a great playmaker that's very underrated. I feel like. I'd agree with you on that. Uh, my my third team. Is the expansion team Orlando City FC?
2: Ooh, um, that high, huh? I
0: think so. I honestly think so. Orlando, I think, is going to surprise everybody. As much as Don Garber and the rest of MLS, in terms of people that work in New York, are preaching NYC FC, David Villa, Frank the Tank, as it were, Frank Lampard, when he ever decides to show mm-hmm. up, he'll just probably stumble into the back office one day and be like, oh, I'm here. And be like, oh, right, you're still on our team. Um, I don't think NYC is going to make the playoffs, Simon. I really don't. Uh, not that I'm fully drinking the o- the OCSC Kool Aid, the purple Kool Aid, as it were, but I like their chances. I like their roster, and I feel like they're going to have a great chance of making uh, a name for themselves moving forward. Um, my third, oh, I'm sorry, my second team, uh, I think is going to be uh, the Revolution. Um, the Revolution, I think they did a great job of securing uh, the position that they were in last season. I think that they are a good core group of players that they can move forward and have a good name for themselves. And I, I just think that they overall, like you said, they've got that newcomer Jermaine Jones, who's an all right guy, and I think really uh, might, might help people you know play a little better on the team. But uh, Lee Wynn,
2: uh, we'll see how he does returning for this upcoming season. I mean, I'm very interested to see who your top spot is, because my, my pick would have been the Revolution.
0: See, I was fighting back and forth of that, because I almost feel like my one and two are kind of tied, because I... I don't. I didn't want to sound biased and pick New England to finish one, so you kind of see that. My hands are kind of tied in that situation. I think the Columbus Crew wow. and the New England Revolution are going to be that that fight for one and two. I mean, I have them technically written down uh, Crew 1, Revolution 2, but I feel like one of those two are going to do it. I don't think D.C. United is going to be as good as they were last season. I think D.C. United was a bit of a fluke, and we saw that when it came playoff time. Now, Obviously, anything could happen. I feel like if anybody out of these six teams that I have picked between the Crew, the Revs, Orlando, Philly, TFC, and New York, if any of those were to drop, I feel like it would be
2: Philly. Same here. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, because
0: if I look at it, if I had to redo this and not use Philly, DC obviously would be in there. Chicago Fire is going to be just on that brink. Uh, New York, I feel like maybe might be on that brink as well. but. Columbus, horribly underrated even last season. Uh, like, yes. I was scared when I found out that New England had to play Columbus uh, right away. I was like, we might actually lose because Columbus is so physical and just takes every little bit out of you. And that's why when we did beat them by as many goals as we did, that was great. But I'm like, Do we have any, does the Revolution have anything left against a high-powered Red Bulls offense?
2: Yeah, that's, those, are some, those are some great picks. I don't think the Union is going to make it. Um,
0: that that was my thought too like I I'm I'm torn with them because they have a talented midfield but at the same time I I just it depends on if they show up or not that's obviously yeah, that's, that's I'm the, just, the case I'm, for any team but. for
2: me it's the head coach I'm not sold on Curtin versus Ben Olsen I think Ben Olsen knows what he's doing more than Jim Curtin does now when it comes to playoff pressure maybe a different story for Ben Olsen uh it's so hard for me to pick TFC I think they I think they are going to be in good position um but I just don't know if either of those clubs are going to make it ahead of DC United, so I guess we'll move on to the West. Please do. What do you got for us well, in your sixth spot? First of all, let me let me let me preview my preview by saying this one's <laughs> going to kill me. Oh, not literally, okay. but it's it's going to hurt. Do I have
0: to find a new co-host for next week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not not until the season starts. Oh, okay, there's a I lot mean, of rebranding that's going to have to go into this, Simon. Right. So let me know it. if you're going to
0: like randomly, you know, not show up or
2: yes. Well, it, you can just call it one up front, then you don't have to find anybody. Exactly,
0: else. you know, play a, a four-five-one up here. You know, just be me, lone striker. Anyway, so what do you got for us?
2: So I think let's see, number six. I'm going to go with the San Jose Earthquakes. Really? Yeah, I think. Uh, Dominic Kinnear knows what he's doing. Kinnear, sorry. He knows what he's doing. He's a great coach. I mean, look at the success he had with San Jose and then slash Houston when the club was – I say that acting like you actually were watching the league Then I don't know <laughs> if you were. Um, you know, he did great with the league. He's one of those few coaches that's been able to transfer his success from what we call MLS 1.0 to MLS 2.0 and now MLS 3.0. So I think the earthquakes – they got a great coach and he's going to he's going to lead them there. Number 5, I'm going to go with the Portland Timbers. Ooh. I'm going to go with my club. I'm just not sold on them yet.
0: I I would agree. Even unbiased if I wasn't standing next to you, I would have a hard time putting Portland anywhere
2: inside the top 4. You know, they won the Western Conference 2 years ago. I think that was a bit of a fluke. And think, also yeah. maybe a bit heretical uh yeah, hereticals, that's the word I'm looking for. I am not sold on Caleb Porter. Mm. Great college coach. I think he brought a lot of excitement in his first year when they, when they won the Western Conference. But I just I am not sold on his tactics. He confuses me with what he's doing in games. So uh, I want the Timbers to make it this year, so I may be even be being a bit generous by saying number five. Number four, I'm going to go with the Houston Dynamo.
0: Newcomers to the West.
2: Newcomers to the West. And let's be honest, great that we got rid of Chivas USA out of <laughs> the league, um, but that was the one almost guaranteed win for every team in the West. So, Usually, yeah. So we take them out, and who do we add? Sporting Kansas City and Houston Dynamo. How much <laughs> more difficult can that conference be? And then the East gets to expansion team, so
0: I'm curious to know how your top three is going to stack up now that you have failed to mention four or five uh, very talented clubs. So continue, please. I'm yeah. curious to know where yes. you know. Your three spots you have left.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll temper this by saying I don't think the Rapids are going to make the playoffs no. again. They're I, a
0: young, talented team, and Deshaun Brown is a very exciting young product for the Jamaican national team. But yes. you're right, there's still too many missing
2: pieces. And there's another thing, too. Pablo Mastroianni, great player, did great with the U.S. national team. Yeah. I just don't think he's manager material
0: did you see his mustache at, at the mls super draft
2: i did not did oh you know yes i did yes yes yes, yeah. yes. Oh, oh so i give i give goodness. him i give him kudos for that he knows but. how to grow a
0: mustache but uh, build a soccer team he's got he's got a little bit of work on that pop though
2: all right so number number three this is a this is a tough one but i'm gonna go with uh fc dallas and may flip dallas with the dynamo okay all right i'm already oh no you know what no i'm sorry no 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 no, no, no! I don't think Dallas is going to make it. Oh, that's going to be who did I have there? Sporting Kansas City.
0: Ah, I was going to say. See, I'm this like, makes you're... it
2: difficult when you got all these. You got all these
0: powerhouses. Yeah, I totally understand that.
2: All right, number two. I'm going to go with the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Again, uh, Bruce Arena knows how to manage games in this league. I think they're going to do what they usually do. They're going to start out slow, and then they're going to come on strong. Yeah. So you know who that leaves for number one. And, ooh, and, ooh, and ooh. This, is, this is why this is killing me.
0: I know, I know, I know. Y- you know
2: what? You go ahead and say it. Okay, <laughs> okay. It's obviously that you're picking the Vancouver Whitecaps. Oh, man. Yeah. No. No? No, it's the other Cascadia team. Oh. It's the Seattle Sounders. Ugh.
0: How much did that hurt you to say? That,
2: well, honestly, not too much because as, as Cause much, it, it you know, sense. I'm a Timbers fan, but they're a stacked team. They did great last year. Um, this may be the year that they win the MLS Cup as well. Really? Yes.
0: Hmm. I don't know how many years Ziggy Schmidt has left in him, so I mean, that kind of makes sense that if they're going to win it, they've got a talented team. Yeah, they lost DeAndre Yedlin to Tottenham, but at the same time, they still have a very good offense. Obafemi Martins, Clinton Dempsey, Lamar Nagel. You go through that team, Chad Marshall
2: on defense, Stefan Fried, goalie. You can go on and on and on with all those players. Well, and they sold DeAndre Yedlin for $4 million, which means they get a good chunk of that change. Oh, yeah. So they've got, they've got money that they can spend.
0: Yes, yep, I will agree with that. I will make one correction to mine. The more I thought about it, the more foolish I realized. Uh, the D- Philadelphia Union are not going to make the playoffs. I think DC is going to take that fourth spot in complete honesty. Um, I just, when I, as soon as I said Philly, I was like, did I really mean that? And like, I thought about it more as you were talking, and I'm like, I just, doesn't make, it doesn't realistically make sense. Now, I will ask you why you don't think Vancouver or RSL make the
2: playoffs in the West. Well, now you're going to have to make me correct stuff here. Well, I'm just curious because when you said San Jose <laughs> yeah.
0: and then realized even that FC Dallas is as good as they were last
2: season, I'm really curious to know why. Part of it is I want to see the Timbers make it, so I'm, I'm – I'm, <laughs> That's a fair <laughs> – no, that's, that's perfectly fair. They've got a decent yeah. team, but
0: like you said, there's just some questions with Caleb Porter as well.
2: Yeah, you know, there's a question mark actually with Houston um, – Owen Coyle coming in to manage the team. Yeah, how is a new coach going to work? Right, so that's that one that has a question mark that maybe FC Dallas goes there instead. Um, Vancouver, I think they're going to be fighting for five or six. I do. For me, it just still comes down to um, experience. You know, they they don't have Jay DeMerit this year. He's... He's hung up the boots, if I remember that, right? He did, yeah. Yep. So um, he was a big leader there. Granted, he didn't play a whole lot because of his injuries. But but he was
0: still a great off-the-field leader right, as well. Even though right. he didn't play a lot, he still really helped motivate the guys. I do want to know your opinion about Darian Maddox, though the young forward for uh vancouver he's a very talented guy he's kind of similar to a to a brown to kind of give you that idea he's kind of the focal point of that attack but um show pedro morales as well uh he was the newcomer of the year last year i believe that's true MLS. yeah um, a very talented guy a lot of people are saying to really buy high on him because um, he's a very talented like i said he's very talented he's a dynamic midfielder, and if any reason that Vancouver makes the playoffs, it would be because of his production
2: and i guess that 's what it is I just want to i don 't know if they can put all the pieces together yet that 's what i that's that, yeah and that that's makes what sense. it comes down and to that's for that 's why a lot I was confused
0: by your san jose pick as
2: well well I, that that truly comes down to the manager it really does um, they 've got almost a new team this year but Dominic Kinnear, he can work wonders, and I think he can get the team there. And now I feel like we might have a lot
0: of people upset with us because Chicago has been on a spending spree this offseason. They've brought in, I think the last time I looked, was nine new players, something of that nature. Yes, they've, yeah, they've spent yeah. a lot of money this year, and I'm really kind of curious to know where they came from. Maybe that's why the league's $100 million in debt. Well, because
2: listen, they have a DP that was playing in the second division in one of the Norwegian leagues. I Explain that to me. I. exactly
0: I can't because I don't understand why they're worthy of a DP title and a guy like Juan Aguadelo is not exactly but anyway um, well
2: Aguadelo though I can kind of understand he hasn't played for six months I think
0: they called it a young DP contract because he's too young to give a full fledged deal but even at the same time how do you DP a second tier Norwegian guy when I can't even I didn't even know Norwegian had a second
2: league yeah yep they do and I, I believe the player i believe he's from africa if i remember reading it correctly but that's where he was playing and even then it wasn't like he was tearing up the league so you know i i could see for example somebody in the championship puts in 30 goals and then he sure. signs over at mls and you know
0: and people thought that aaron johansson might do that too, the u.s national team forward, because sure. he did such a great job even josie Altador for a while too went out and scored 20 some goals over in uh i can't remember the name of the league now is it the oh I- over in uh over in the Netherlands Netherlands that's yeah, where it was yeah, yeah he has a fantastic season same divi you- yes yep and everyone was like oh my gosh he must be really good goes to England obviously not because it's a totally different thing
2: but I'm going to temper that I actually Please. I tweeted this out uh last week so Sunderland gets shut out again they got Shocker. they've been shut out plenty of times so was it really Josie or was it play it, not knowing no how to manage a team probably and the little players beach. he has but
0: i okay i i'm gonna i'm gonna poke the bear for a minute because josie altador is one of the hottest topics in u.s soccer people you can find a u.s soccer team fan and be like tell, tell let's talk about josie altador mm-hmm. for 20 minutes and you'll be there for five hours because there's just so much you can talk about with josie altador and when he came back to MLS, I was in support of it, and now I've heard so much backlash from people saying, stupid idea, worst idea he ever could
2: have made. Where do you stand on Josie coming back to MLS? That's a great question. I've got mixed feelings about it. I would have liked to have seen him stay over there. He had offers apparently from teams in France, in Germany. I would have liked to have seen him stay and try to break into one of those teams. Because let's face it, the one thing I agree with Klinsman on, if you can get to a team that plays champion leagues... Champions League soccer over in Europe. Go for it. At the same time, I'm glad he's over here because the most important thing for a player is to get game time. Yes. Is to be playing. There's no point in sitting on a bench and sitting on a bench and sitting on a bench. I... You don't go to Manchester United to say, hey, yeah, I'm at Manchester United, and then just sit on the bench. That does no good for you. It does no good for your national team.
0: Exactly. Yes, you might be adding some depth to the roster, but you don't be a, you're not a big-time player like Josie is for the U.S. and go sit on the bench. Like, if he were to ride the bench at TFC, people would be like, why is he here? Exactly. And you know, you're him to yeah. be going like, see, I told you. Uh,
2: but then you look at the World Cup, right, yeah. the, the goal against Ghana. Yep. Yeah. It was three MLS players that mm-hmm. made that goal happen.
0: Yeah. And even uh, the World Cup against, um, I think it was Belgium as well. Graham Zussi, uh into the middle, and then somebody else hit it, I th- No, it was Yedlin to Zussi, Zussi to Dempsey. And off his, Dempsey's chest, I think he, like, chested it into the goal or something. But MLS was... That was,
2: that was Ghana. I believe that. Wasn't that Ghana? I
0: thought that was Belgium.
2: No, Belgium, uh, Julian Green scored.
0: Yeah, but didn't we score twice? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um Portugal. portugal portugal that's the game all I'm right. thinking of I'm like, I'm like
2: when do we score more than
0: one goal I was like Portugal <laughs> that's where we scored that was what it was but even still the MLS all over the place in the World Cup squad and I think that the US did benefit because of that now that you've got, got guys like Josie and Michael Bradley on the same team I'm just hoping that Jurgen Klinsmann sitting in his office somewhere saying please dear lord let them build more chemistry so they can actually do something together because we've seen them kind of struggle with chemistry. If they both stay healthy all season, Michael Bradley doesn't have any reoccurring injuries. Josie doesn't have the phantom leg pole that he had in the World Cup. Who knows what might happen for the U.S.? And yeah. I think that's why it was a great idea that Josie, the top striker of U.S., and Michael Bradley, probably the top midfielder of the U.S., are now on the same team.
2: Yes, and now it's a matter of Klinsman playing them correctly.
0: Exactly. That's That's obviously what it all comes down to at the end of the day. Um, now, talking about the U.S. national team, there is a saying that goes along with that saying, I believe. Now, a segment that we want to do as well on the show, depending on how it's well received, is called, I believe. Right. Now. The way that kind of works is we will say, I believe that, not we will win, which of course obviously is helpful, <laughs> um, we make a statement saying, I believe, for example, I believe that MLS will go behind, you know, it will expand to 26 teams, just as an example. Obviously, what we have to actually say is a little different than that, but that kind of gives you an idea. Yeah. So, would you like to go first or would you like me to go I'll first? I'll have
2: you go first because mine had to change since the players <laughs> didn't strike. Fair enough. That's all I'll say. Fair <laughs> enough. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, exactly. So... Um,
0: for my, I believe, I believe that TFC will make it to the Eastern conference championship.
2: Wow. I don't know if they'll win or not, but I believe that TFC will make it to the Eastern conference. And I don't think it's too far fetched saying that
0: even though I have them at fifth, I think that they will take the long road there, but I feel like once they, I feel like they have the talent this year, especially if Sebastian Giovinco, who has had a fantastic preseason, really continues to contribute. You've got him with Michael Bradley. You've got Josie Altidore. You've got some of those other young players running around. This could be a very interesting and great year. I think even better than the team they had going into last season. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be. Everything on paper says it should be. Exactly. And obviously games aren't won on paper, as we both know from playing the game and following the game. But TFC, I believe that they will make it to the Eastern Conference Championship. All right.
2: Well, mine's not going to be so bold, but I'm going to stay with that spirit of finals. I believe the Montreal Impact will make it to the final of the CONCACAF Champions League. Ooh, okay. Can I add one more thing? In Please. I also believe Club America from Mexico will make it, and then Montreal's going to get destroyed. Probably, <laughs> unfortunately. Which uh,
0: would not be good to see. But at the same time, even if they make it, that's still one small step for humanity, that's as right. it were. <laughs> <laughs> one giant step for MLS. Montreal Impact, we support you. You'll never, hear, you'll never hear us say that again, especially <laughs> once the regular season starts. Unless it's Champions League again Unless next year. Unless it's Champions League, <laughs> we will be like, please, go Montreal. And maybe our teams will make it one day, too, and actually last past the first well, round.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, the, if I can just quickly. Please. So that was one of the biggest things I did not understand about Caleb Porter. I don't know. Many Timbers fans were so confused. Last season, going at the end of the MLS season they needed Vancouver to lose in order for them to get into the playoffs granted they needed to win at the same time they were playing Champions League ball if they won their last game in the group they would have not only won their group they would have been the number one seed in the Champions League playoffs so all of us fans are thinking go for the sure thing go for Champions League well Porter did the opposite so he rested a bunch of players They ended up losing their Champions League game, so they were done with Champions League. They did win their MLS game, but then so did Vancouver. So then their season was completely done. So they very well could have been in the quarterfinals.
0: It's very true. You don't, you never know with Portland and Caleb Porter's coaching tactics, like you called into question during your Western conference preview. Uh, Simon, as we get ready to close out the show, we are going to make our predictions uh, for uh, the first week of MLS since it is officially going to happen. That's right. Uh, right. So might as well give the good people our thoughts. So opening night uh, tomorrow night, LA galaxy, Chicago fire. It's an obvious pick, at least in my opinion, I'm taking, I'm taking the galaxy. I got the galaxy as well. Galaxy all the way. All right. Um, On Saturday, Saturday, D.C. United versus the Montreal Impact. Ooh, a that's little fun. bit of
2: irony, in
0: all honesty. The game is at RFK Stadium, though.
2: It is. I'm actually going to pick D.C. United. Okay. Not to balance out my Montreal stuff. Of course uh, not. But I think Montreal will still be a bit tired from uh the high that they had with champions league and i'm gonna go with dc yeah i have to agree with that as well dc just kind of seems like
0: the clear favorite and the impact are going to just be too tired probably from all the partying um philly and colorado who do you got
2: oh man this is a tough one as well i'm gonna go with philadelphia though i think we'll, we'll, we'll see the first uh or that'll be the second, right? Uh, no, Philadelphia is from the east, so that would be the first Eastern Conference victory we'd see over the West this year.
0: Yep. Uh, Van- I'm going to have to take Colorado.
2: All right. I'm a, I'm a closet right. Colorado fan. You are. I am. Okay. I've always okay. supported
0: that team just in a small, quiet uh, Here, Here's way. what I'll say. they got Please. a
2: sweet-looking stadium. They really do.
0: I really want to get out there one of these days. Um, all right, Vancouver and TFC.
2: I'm going to go with TFC on this one. Okay,
0: the game is at Vancouver at BC Palace,
2: just a a place, just a gorgeous stadium. It is, and they they draw well, but I'm still going to go with TFC.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that as well. I don't see why they wouldn't win that game opening day. Uh, Houston and Columbus? I think we're going to pick the same on this. Maybe not, but I'm going to go with
2: with Columbus. Yep, that's
0: who I was going with as well. I'm
2: kind of regretting my uh, Dynamo pick making the playoffs.
0: (laughs) We won't hold it against you, (laughs) unless they don't make the playoffs. Then I'll ridicule you on the air. I'm kidding. I would never do that. Uh, FC Dallas and San
2: Jose? I'm going with a draw.
0: Really? Yep. Okay. Uh, I like FC Dallas winning this game. You've got a draw on Mm -hmm. that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Portland and RSL? (laughs)
2: You know, you you want me to pick Portland. I, I in all honesty, I, I I lean more towards a draw in this one as well. But it's at Portland, so I am gonna pick the Timbers. Okay, they're at home.
0: It makes sense.
2: Of course, they didn't play great at home last season, but I'm gonna I'm gonna Timbers go Army will be there in full support. That's though. right.
0: I've got to take Portland as well in that game. All in all right. honesty, RSL is not the same. Oh, no, uh, that makes me
2: feel a little better. Exactly,
0: you're not crazy. I promise. Um, and that is, I believe that's it for opening opening weekend uh new england i guess doesn't play this week when does orlando play why do i i feel like i should know this our apologies i feel like i should know this i'm looking our, at the matches well, our websites
2: are a little slow here so that's true that's check. true um yes orlando new york city is on sunday and weird. sporting kansas city and oh Red yeah there we go sunday. yeah but i'll just showed up my it finally refreshed and
0: it was like boom there it is okay i was gonna say I'm like i feel like i'm missing some big games three big games Sunday's the day to watch if you're gonna watch any day of mls uh orlando NYCFC. Who well, you got?
2: I'm going to go with Orlando. They filled the bowl. They got Kaka
0: playing. Uh, yeah, Orlando. Yep, same for me. Orlando is definitely my second favorite
2: team now in, in the East. Uh, sporting, Casey, and New York Red Bulls. I'm, I'm so curious about how the Red Bulls are going to be, you know, new manager. post Fans are not happy. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Sporting on this yep, one. Yep,
0: I'm going to have to agree with you on Sporting. And then Seattle, New England.
2: <laughs> Sorry, bud. <sighs> pick in Seattle. Yeah,
0: unfortunately I have to
2: as <laughs> oh, well. We you just
0: you can't you can't win in Century League field like opening day. I feel like New England probably isn't going to ha- isn't going to have Jermaine Jones and they're probably not going to have Lee Win as well based off of his injuries going on right now. So we'll kind of see what happens with that, but I think New England'll make it interesting, but Seattle home 12th man all that jazz. First opening, game of the season. Opening yeah. day, Seattle does opening day really well. Yes. And they're going to they're probably going to put a hurting out. I'm I'm probably going to go on a limb and say 3-1 Seattle is my prediction. Wow. Yeah. As as much as it pains me to say that, but New England is just a slow team, and they didn't show a very good um, chemistry in in the preseason either.
2: They didn't. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Although, you know, the thing I will say is, man, it was amazing when Jermaine Jones came. The, the chemistry of that team just totally solidified mm-hmm. last season. That's why I, th- I thought you'd pick them as first in the East for this year. So we'll see if that carries over. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Well,
0: uh, it's been a – I can't believe it's already been 70 minutes. We, uh, I swear we were just uh, trying to figure out how the heck to work all this equipment, and then now here we are. So it, uh, it's been a fun edition of our first uh, two Upfront Soccer show. Uh, remember to like us on Facebook at uh, Two Upfront.
2: You can also follow us on Twitter. Where Simon? At Two, uh, two upfrontsoccer Soccer. Also at Baxter Colburn and at Simon Provan.
0: Yes, sir. You can find us there. We'll be uh, tweeting all things MLS, especially with opening weekend right around the corner. I'm sure we'll have some some raw reaction about our favorite teams, as long as as well as other news as well. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Um, Hopefully we'll see you all again next Thursday. Simon, any final thoughts?
2: No, thanks for listening, folks. We're
0: going to go on an awesome ride. Oh, yeah. This has been another edition of 2 Upfront. For Simon Provan, I'm Baxter Colburn. We'll see you all next week. Enjoy opening weekend.